This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey guys, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Casual Podcast. I'm calling you from Starbucks today. Uh, pretty nice weather as it is every day. So decided to test out these new $170 Sony noise cancelling headphones. Uh, I was going to buy the expensive Bose QC35 too, but uh, I was trying to look for that value and possibly came up with a coupon. Uh, and just a reminder, please go to the website, simplepassivecashflow.com backslash club to get access to the vehicle that we're looking at in. And uh, if you guys are seeing deals out there or know good people doing good things, let me know about it. I'll take a look at it. Uh, today, I got Daniel Goodenough on the line. Hey, Daniel. Hi. Glad to be on. Daniel is the author of a recently uh, book, a released book, uh, The Caravan of Remembering, which is a roadmap for experiencing the awakening of your life's mission. I know some of you guys are probably reading the bio and asking, well, why the heck is he on here? <laughs> well... After I've been meeting a lot of you guys and doing these calls, I realize that a lot of you guys are very close to financial freedom. And some of them are, some of you guys are like just a mere couple of years or six months, or a lot of you guys have four or five, six hundred thousand dollars of liquidity kind of just lying around. And I ask you, well, what the heck are you still going to the day job tomorrow? So today, you know, Daniel's kind of an expert in this way of designing your life. And, um, that we kind of get some good dialogue going back and forth. You know, today's not really going to be really about real estate investing, but it's going to be more about designing your lifestyle the way you want it to be. So, Daniel, how did you uh, first get into this subject matter and kind of become the expert into, in the subject? Well, it's been a lifelong pursuit for me, starting from as a child looking around, probably some of the same motivation that some of the people working with you had, just noticing the adults in my life. Going off to a job they, well, actually pretty much hated. And I couldn't understand why anyone would do that. So it was kind of a lifelong pursuit to explore the question. How do you help people remember why they're here? And how do you help them step into it? So that's been uh, my lifelong pursuit. Yeah. And, and, you know, most, just to give you an insight into the audience here, I would say most guys don't particularly care for their job. They're, they're, they can kind of get by without being too excited about it. Um, a lot of these guys are making over $100,000. So they're getting paid good salaries, but they're kind of, a lot of people are kind of subject to that golden handcuffs that keeps them in the job because they got that house payment, they have a family, and they have to provide for. I'd say kind of a minor, minority actually really likes what they do. Maybe that's just kind of the tribe that I attract because I don't particularly enjoy my job. It's kind of mundane and I don't get too excited about it. I, we've got some questions here that um, I had wanted to ask you. Um, you know, how do you get down to this uh, life's mission and, and why is that important that we find this in our lives? Well, I would start by saying that it's not, it doesn't have to be a great mystery and it's not, it's not just for the lucky few. Everyone can identify and articulate why they're here. And I treat it like anything you want to become skillful at. In the real estate business, there are some principles to, to understand and to work with and build mastery around. If you wanted to be a master musician, there'd be skills to do every day. 
if you are an elite athlete, there'd be practices to do every day. And so I, I treat the question and the inquiry of why am I here on the planet? What does that call me to do? And who does that call me to be? So that you know why, let's say when you've reached the point where you have financial independence and, that, and then you say, now what? That you would have an idea of how you were designed, what that calls you to do, and who you would have to be to step into that and who you'll become by stepping in with it. And that if you're doing the scales in an ongoing way, which is the process in the book, and you know how to move with how things are changing in the world, which is happening pretty rapidly. Right. So how do we go about doing this? I mean, I've kind of got, I always kind of look at skill sets first. You know, somebody's good at talking to people or building relationships, or some people are good at programming computers, mm-hmm. kind of technical things. To start with thinking, which, what do you like or what are you good at? Where's a good starting point to so we can discover our ethic life's mission? Well, what are you good at? What motivates you? What's your passion? What excites you? What fascinates you? Those are all pretty good questions. The problem with what are you good at is I've met a lot of people along the way who are really good at something and that became their job and they hate it. So just because you're good at something doesn't mean that that's going to light you up long term. Right. You know, sometimes because we're good at it, we think it's job security. So let's say in the idea of moving toward, okay, what if I could choose? So here might be a place to start. It's more the skill of knowing who you are and let's say what was packed in your bags. If you send your kids to sports camp, you might put sports things in their bag. If you put, send them off to music camp, there might be instruments and sheet music in the bag, you know, like that. So you could say that there's a Rumi quote that said, it's as if a king has sent you to a foreign land and you did 10,000 things, but not the one thing. So what's the one thing? So, you could, so starting, for example, if you think about early life, what were your favorite toys? What were your favorite movies? What were your favorite stories? Where did you like to go? Uh, what were your favorite places? Not so much that it's about that as much as it's about why were those your favorite, which could include now, but looking early in life, they say that most people did know at seven what they, wanted to, what they were designed for in life and then got talked out of it. So there's that you could say. When you go to, into a book, a big box, big box bookstore, yeah. Yeah. where's the first place you always go? What's the second place and why is that? You know, in terms of identifying your nature, what would you do? What, so if, if you had established financial freedom, what would you be doing for love? So you may or may, and that may not be your, your most skillful thing at the moment. However, when you allow yourself to go all the way into it, you might find that, Ultimately, that's what yeah. What What are a few of the top common things that you see when you ask people that to kind of peel back the, onion, the layers of the onion? Sometimes it takes a little prodding. So if I say, "What did you love at seven? And what were your favorite stories? And what were your favorite movies?" Some people, sometimes people will say, "I don't remember." And if I said, "Well, if you did remember, what do you think it would be?" just as a place to start. And you could ask those same questions about now. So generally what I get is why didn't I do this sooner? You know, so it, and the surprise that when you do the inquiry, when you ask these questions and there's maybe a hundred different scales in the book, I've maybe identified about 5,000 of them. The more, the if you stay in that inquiry, if you just ask those three main questions, 
Why am I here? What does that call me to do? And who do I need to be to do that? And who will I become by doing it? You just ask those questions every day. You will get an answer. Some, some of the good brainstorming questions I've heard of is, think about what upsets you most about this world. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's kind of, you know, there's all these institutions taking all this money away from middle-class Americans, you know, the corruption in Wall Street. You know, for other people, it's like, you know, child abuse or think about like, what's the biggest pain point you've gone through in your life and ways to help other people get through that. Some other ideas. Yeah, that can be helpful. If you say, what do you hate in the world? You know, the word hate means to push you away. So what would you like to, as you say, not have, not continue in the world? And one of the most helpful questions, if you had to pick just one thing to change, what would the one thing be? And with all of these questions, the primary thing is why? You know, why is that? Why are those your favorite movies? Why are those your favorite stories? Why do you have the heroes you have? Why does that upset you the most? Why would that be your one thing? And if that's the getting to who are you really. And you could, one of the other things is along with the question is what's the question that's central in your life? Or what would, what's the question your life was meant to be the answer to? Right. Or what's the, what was the reason you're put here if you, if you believe in that, that kind of stuff? And, you know, unfortunately, people are too busy, I think, you know, going to the day job to even start to think about it, but it only even get that. Well, that's one of the reasons I, I talk about it as scales, because if you just entered the inquiry for just 10 minutes a day, over time, you would have a, start to get a sense of what you're called to, you know, vocation or calling. And in that, uh, let's say, transition time from going to, from the day job you're not really happy with, to, let's say, building your reserve through real estate, in that interim, that you know you're, that it's financial freedom and it's moving you towards the thing that would be most meaningful for you to do. Even if at that point it's not so much about a profession, then the, let's say the boredom of your day job would be less boring. And it just a little bit every day, like when someone's got a meditation practice, you know, 10 minutes a day of meditation can have a long-term effect. 10 minutes of being in the inquiry of why am I here? What does that call me to do? Can move you toward being able to articulate that to yourself and other people. Right. So you're a proponent of slowly transitioning to that place of eventually going 100% or great majority into that, whatever that passion is, but to kind of transition slowly. You're not going to just quit the day job tomorrow. I really, yeah, I don't think I've ever recommended to somebody who wasn't ready for it to quit their day job. You know, more, how about working toward it? Which would make sense if you're building your reserve, building your nest egg, building your financial freedom so that you can jump into it, that does seem like a smarter way to go. For one thing, the research would say that if you're stressed about anything, if you're afraid about anything, and especially about finances, you, in that first moment of, of going into fear, lose 13 IQ points, which is significant, which means that you're less resourceful. So if you're working slowly and steadily into not only building the reserve, but also building your sense of your why, And in the process of moving in that direction, so it's less about, have I done it already? I know I'm doing it. I know I'm building the reserve. I'm not doing it before I'm ready. 
So I'm not in fear, and I'm and I'm going to be more creative, more resourceful, and more inspired. Overwhelmed by the amount of stuff is on Simple Passive Cashflow. Don't know where the heck to start? Go to simplepassivecashflow.com/backslash/start to sign up or text the word "simple" to three one four six six five one seven six seven for the curated course to get you up to speed on the past two years of content. Again, join the free web course, "The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow." Go to simplepassivecashflow/backslash/start or text the word "simple" to three one four six six five one seven six seven. You know, I I think a lot of people that are kind of watching are type A personalities, and and I'm kind of like that. You know, I always I, I hear about this talk about life's mission, but I'm always like, well, it needs to make money somehow. If not, a life's mission without monetization is just a hobby, just like mm-hmm. making a whole bunch of cool pottery. I guess maybe talk a that about a, a little bit. You know, are we talking about a life's mission that is Kind of just a hobby, or is it something that it's bigger that can possibly monetize it? Which, which when you monetize, you create value for others. That's why someone's paying you for it. Well, I think for our discussion, we have a couple levels of that. That for most people, the only real job security in our time is being clear about your life mission, your why. The average high school graduate today will have at least sixteen careers in their lifetime if they're going for somebody else employing them. So that means there's a continual need to, to reinvent yourself. So in terms of job security, it's the only real job security in our time. Now on the level of monetizing it, I've made the promise to anyone I've ever worked with, if, if it's about finding a way to make a living doing your passion, I've made that promise that I will absolutely help you find a way to make a living doing the thing you love and a good living. And I've yet, that's yet to fail me. I've always been able to help someone with a little creativity find the way to make what they love, the reason they're here, what they can make a good living doing. Now, moving to, let's say, somebody who's been very successful in investing in real estate, let's say the idea of moving to financial independence or maybe through some other means. If you're at the point of financial independence, Maybe you still have that going on to quote unquote make money, and then you have the life mission as an avocation. Or, like I said, there's always a way to, if if it was built into your members, if you were designed to do this, then you then it would be a given that you could make a living doing it and you could monetize it. This, there was never an age to do that in this. This is the age to do that. Right. I, I think what it comes down to in theory is. That if you like something, you're probably going to be pretty good at it. And if you're good at it, you're going to be better than what the average market is out there for it. And then you can probably monetize that because you create value in that arena. I don't know if I captured that correctly. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in the book, The Talent Code, they were talking about, you know, breaking something down to build skill. And the thing that would allow you, he called it ignition. The, th- the prime requisite to build true mastery is, is ignition. You know, that there are, there are, let's say, methods to build skill, but you won't show up to the practice unless you have ignition. For some people, ignition could be making the money. And at a certain point, making the money won't be enough for you to keep showing up in a way that you're really enjoying the process. 
So if you're clear about your why, even if it's about making the money, what, what's it for? You know, at a certain point, it's got to be about more than the game of making money, unless it isn't, you know. But uh, in my experience, you know, and I have worked with billionaires that, you know, when they say, what's, what's your why? You know, like, it long sense has stopped being about the money. So, so how do you get in touch with why you're here, what that caused you to do, that, the outer life mission? The inner life mission is who that caused you to become, and they feed each other. What you do changes who you are, which changes what you do. Which you so it's the, let's say, the ultimate reward. And, and I think that, you know, that, that ignition thing, what I think about when I hear you talk about this is a lot of these investors will come to me and they'll, they'll be dabbling in rentals, mobile home park, self-storage even non-performing notes and they'll say like, well, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. But at some point, somewhere in that first 10,000 hours and that 10,000 hour rule, you're going to hit that sticking point. Every one of these investment methods, there's some kind of sticking point. If you don't have some kind of intrinsic why behind it to get you over that point, you're never going to reach success and you're just going to die out where everybody else died out. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I would, I have this sense that your why is helping people and uh, that it, so here you, here we are in this podcast because you could just go off and make more money and you've saying that you want to help people and whatever it is for any person at some point, they're going to say, what's it for? And if it's the 10,000 hours that you have to move through to be skillful in investing, then when you hit that spit sticking point, what's going to have you keep showing up? So, you know, you could just be, I want to help people in a general way, and you could move past, I want to help people in a general way, to what in particular was the way to help people that I was designed And that's the conversation about, you could call it life mission, life purpose. So I'm still working the day job, and, you know, when I kind of became financially free, my passive income surpassed my basic necessities, I kind of went about life in a different way. I still go to work, but I felt like, just like things came a lot easier. You know, people can say, well, you just don't really care anymore. <laughs> you don't, I kind of, you know, just take things. And I kinda, you know, when things get bad, I kind of say whatever. But I, I've kind of developed a different perception where I go in there because, you know, I like, I like hanging out with the people. You know, we don't talk about real estate. We just, you know, some of the coworkers just kind of hang out. And mm-hmm. I like the interaction. So, I mean, you kind of talk about, you know, conducting business differently with mindfulness and purpose uh, with respect to others. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like kind of once you find your, your calling and your passion. Well, if, if it's within a corporation, some of the work I'm doing now is helping corporations do business differently and seeing that the corporation always benefits when the individual involved is connected to their why and, and finding a way within that to do that as an entrepreneur and what you choose to have be to be, as your vehicle to express that, then would be you know, say the ignition behind what you're choosing. So if you're in the world of business and you are saying, "Well, what's my service or what's my product, and what does that have to do or with who I am or who I'm called to be?" What how how does that fall within the range of how I'm called to be in service to the world? And then your business is in service. Life mission is always about more than just ourselves. So it's kind of given that there's service in there somewhere. And 
in the way that the world is changing so rapidly, what keeps you reinventing the way you bring your why to the world, your vehicle? In the world of investment or finances, it might be that there's a particular, let's say, instrument that you would choose that speaks specifically to your personal why. So whatever your service, whatever your vehicle, whatever your instrument, let's like that opportunity is to say, what has that got to do with why I'm here? How do I how do I bridge the two together so that in every day I get up in the morning and I say I get to do that. I'm still working the day job. The day job is more tolerable because way to that. Yeah, and and you know uh, when I first started doing this, I got a lot of emails saying, "Oh, you know, I've been reading the blog and the podcast. It's been awesome, and I I really like that." But these last few months, I really realized that a secondary goal has kind of come up and, you know, I, I get, I'm kind of lonely because in this world of W2 entrepreneur, employee uh, world I live in, there's not too many people that I kind of vibe with on an entrepreneur level. And this podcast has kind of been a means to collect all those providers uh, out there that are trying to get independence. And... <laughs> It's been an awesome way to kind of build friends and build my network and have fun with people I like and are very similar to me. And you know, you, you guys, after a while, it's not about the money; it's more about the friendships you have. So if you guys are kind of interested in kind of joining my team, go to Simple Passive Cashflow backslash Join Team. But you know, that's kind of been my motivator. That's kind of pushed me through podcasts eighty and beyond. You know, podcast twenty through sixty was all about helping people and hearing the, the successes of others. But, you know, the secondary benefit has kind of propelled me in these last few months and probably into the future. And uh, yeah, it kind of speaks to like that secondary. It's just another benefit of kind of doing that. Well, I, in the ultimate, uh, let's say, follow through, and when you're clear about the articulation of your why, what, and who, and you start to move in that direction, then you find kindred spirits. Right. You know, your community, your kindred spirits, you have your family, so to speak, the larger family. Yeah, it can be very rewarding. Right. I mean, when I was in my mid-20s and I was kind of putting together this portfolio, I realized that you know, I could probably be financially very soon. And then I would probably go and work out like you know, this dude behind me who eats his banana watches his supplements and goes to, does two days at the gym does crunches all the time and drink pina coladas and that'd be it but then I realized that that's kind of stupid and boring after a while it's super basic so that's kind of um, you know and then it, I was lucky that I realized this very early because of the people around me who are a lot more successful kind of were saying that this is going to inevitably happen so, you know, and I say that to a lot of people because a lot of people don't realize it until they're in 40s, 50s, or 60s that, yeah, you get financially free, but, you know, when you are financially free in your 40s or 50s, who are you going to have to hang out with, right? It's going to be noon or one o'clock and you're going to be bored because everybody is at their day job and you're not going to have somebody to go hang out with Starbucks or other than your unemployed friends. Yeah, right. Well, the, I guess, you know, and speaking of the... The idea of it that a certain way of, okay, you're financially free and you could just hang out. And then the question of, and if I wasn't just hanging out, what would I be doing? 
one of the things I could say about the stepping into your why is that is that thing called doubt. You know that uh, the shallow life is, uh, let's say, not so enhancing to one's growth, right? So uh, whether that's your character growing or your community growing or let's say you something, you know, like you could say you have a family life mission, you have a community life mission, perhaps you have a life mission, a service. There, it's your whole life, and so the. To say, I'm actually going to stay in the conversation about what's it all for, what's my question of ultimate concern, means that you'll always be surprised, for one thing, because you'll always be called to be reinventing yourself, and there'll be a, a growing sense of depth. And, you know, I, I found that when you meet people that are in the pursuit of being service to something and learning about their why, that there's always a sense of depth to that person. And as you were mentioning, you find that you're much more interested in other people. Right. Not to say that trying to get your six back in your thirties or forties is not a bad goal to have, but there's probably other things that should be being at the time. Well, you know, I suppose being in shape at any point in life is a good idea. So I wouldn't knock that for sure. <laughs> thanks. Well, thanks Dana for coming on. You want to give your uh, contact information in case people want to get a hold of you? Sure. Well, if you want to work the process of being in this inquiry I'm talking about, you could get The Caravan and Remembering. That's the book. It's uh, available on Amazon. It's available in all the ebook formats, iTunes, Kobo, Kindle, like that. You can, if you wanted to work the process with a community of other people, you could go to caravanconversations.community. And there is a Caravan and Remembering Facebook page, uh, and it's also available through the Way of the Heart. That's the the company that I co-founded to do seminars with people. So any of those would work. All right, Daniel. Well, appreciate you coming on. Great conversation. Well, thanks for having me. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself, because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.